there's a story, and I'm not sure if it's true, but I, I think it's true. I've read that it is true. There's a story of this violinist. His name is Paganini. Most of you have heard of his name. He was probably one of the greatest violinists of all time. It says once he was given this solo concert, and while he was playing his violin, a string broke. And without a pause, he just continued to play. Suddenly, a second string broke. There was a gasp, of course, from the audience, and he kept on playing. And then, unbelievably, a third string broke. And the crowd was hushed. They didn't know what to do. He wiped his brow with a handkerchief and finished the piece on one string. And he bowed, and, and as everybody just realized it was over, he bowed and looked up and said, Paganini on one string. And everybody clapped and cheered. And, and somebody could say this, you know, in the hands of a master, even one string on a violin could, could produce beautiful music. And we realize this, that the hands of our master, our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, he can take any of us and use us beyond what we can imagine. God can take our lives and use us for His glory. He's the master. We belong to Him. And oftentimes we say, I don't have one string. I got no strings. You know, we just, we think we can't do anything. And sometimes what's wrong is we got our eyes on ourselves. And we shouldn't have them on ourselves. When we see that God calls Moses, Moses makes excuses. He said, I, I, I don't think I can do this. He sees his failures. He sees his inabilities. Francis Schaeffer wrote a book called No Little People. It's a great book because he goes through the Word of God showing that in the hand of God there are no little people or no little things. And this evening as we look at this passage, we see that God's going to take Moses, an 80-year-old man, who in our even our culture today, people would say, well, 80 is pretty old. I mean, we're talking back then that uh, that the average age people lived in their mid-40s. That was the average age. So we'd say 80-year-old man, and he's going to use him. He's going to take a rod, which is the shepherd's staff, and he's going to use them to deliver his people from bondage in Egypt. We could say it this way. In the hand of the master, all things can be used for his glory. That's really just incredible truth. So think about your life and think about the gifts, talents, and abilities that God's given to each of us in this room. And think about what does he want us to do. Well, let, let's begin. We, 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 we continue, of course, in Exodus chapter 4. God has called Moses to go back to Egypt to deliver the people. Moses doesn't jump at the chance. I mean, think about this. Forty years ago, he thought he was ready, and he wasn't. Now he thinks he's not ready, and he is. I mean, that's just like us. A person trusts Christ, they're about four days old in the faith, they think they know everything. And then they've been Christians for 25 years, and we, think, we don't think we know anything and can do anything. And both are wrong. The real problem comes when we focus on ourselves rather than God. That's the key. If we look at ourselves, failure and weaknesses and faults, we'll be unable to serve God. But when we look at Him, we can do all things through the One who strengthens us. As we look at chapter 4, we're seeing the continuation of the call of Moses. started back in chapter 3. And God appeared to Moses in the burning bush. Moses saw it, saw the bush was burning. It wasn't burning up. He went over there. And when he went over there, God called him. And he told him, I'm going to raise you up, Moses, to lead my people out of slavery and into the promised land. And last time we saw... Five excuses that Moses made. We listed them all. We only saw the first two, and we'll see the last three uh, this evening. But Moses had five excuses, but we also saw five answers by God. Let me remind you what they are. Moses says, first of all, who am I? I have no ability. God says, I'll be with you. And then he says, but I don't have any authority who sent me. And God says, I am sent you. And then he says, we'll see it tonight, they won't believe me. And he said, I'll give you the signs. He said, well, I can't talk. He said, I'll be with your mouth. He said, well, you better send somebody else. He said, no, I'm going to send you. And the last one is pretty strong, and we'll see that. Let's think about what we saw last time. He said this, 
He said, who am I? I mean, who am I? He said, who am I that, 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 uh, that I could do that? And, and God says, uh, I will be with you. We think the same way. We say, who am I? I don't, I mean, I don't have any ability. I'm not that, I mean, don't you, you look at yourself and you say, I'm, I'm not that smart. I mean, I don't know this. How am I going to memorize all this? I'm going to remember these things. Where do I know to go? What do I know to say? And God says, really, it's really not about you. It's not about us. When we say, who am I? He says, it doesn't matter. I'm the one with you. I'm the strength and the shield. I'm the power. I mean, that's really the key. Well, then we saw the second thing that he said last week. And he said, well, I mean, they know. What about me? They're not going to believe anything about me. And he says, listen, I am the eternal God. I'm the one that sends Moses. Because he said, if they ask who, who, who told me to come do this, uh, what do I tell them? And he said, just tell them I am sent you. Think about what do we say. First of all, we say, who am I? And he says, not about you, it's about me. And then you say, but I don't have any authority. And he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. You go. What authority do we have? We have the word of God. It's powerful. We're ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech through us. So let's continue tonight as we get chapter 4, because we saw those first two. He, he basically said, who am I? And God says, not about you, it's about me. He said, well, I don't have the authority. And God said, yeah, I am. I'm the eternal God, and I'm sending you. I'm the authority. Let's see his third excuse, and here's what it's going to be. He says, what if, they, uh, what if they don't believe me? What if I go back there and tell them that God sent me and everything, and they don't believe me? Look at chapter 4, verse 1. Then Moses said, What if they will not believe me or listen to what I say? For they may say, The Lord has not appeared to you. Now, he says, What if they don't believe me? What if they don't listen? They will say, The Lord hasn't appeared to you. The personal, eternal God has not come to you. Notice that if you look carefully at the verse where it says, The Lord has not appeared to you, if you notice, it's all for what? It's all capitals. That's the personal name of God. They're going to say the real God, the personal God, the one that we know about, he didn't send you. He's basically saying this. They didn't believe me 40 years ago. You remember I told them and I was supposed to be the one to lead them out. They, book of, you know, tells us that they, the book of Acts tells us that he thought they would understand that he was supposed to be the one. Now he's saying, listen, 40 years ago they didn't believe me. What makes they, what makes you think they're going to believe me now? He has forgotten, chapter 3, verse 18, they will listen to you. Let me read it to you. God tells Moses, I'm going to lead you to lead them out. They will pay heed to what you say. That wasn't very long ago. It was only about eight verses ago, right? It was only about six or eight verses ago. And now he's saying, well, what if they don't listen to me? God said, I just told you they were going to listen to me. I just told you that. Well, sometimes we could, we could say that. We could say, what if when I talk to people about Christ, they don't listen to me? They don't, you know, what if, what if they don't listen? Well, the truth is, you got the Scripture. The Scripture is the key, right? You give them the Word of God because the Word of God is what? It's alive. It's powerful. It's sharpening to its sword. It never comes back void. It's perfect. It's the truth. It's profitable. I mean, you've got the Scripture. Once again, it's not about who? It's not about us. You say, what about me? It's not about you. I don't have the authority. God's authority. Well, what if they don't believe me? they got the Word. The Word is the strength. Look what he says to Moses. He says, Moses, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some signs. and I want you to show you this. He's going to give him three signs to take, the rod, the hand, and the water. Watch this. Verse 2, the Lord said to him, What's that? what is that in your hand? And 
<laughs> I always want to joke because I always want to think, uh, you're God, you don't know what this is? You know, <laughs> what, is it? what do you think it is? And I, you know, he's saying, what do you got in your hand? And he says, well, it's a staff. Now, the, the, it was the, what is that? Well, it was the rod that the shepherds used to take care of the sheep. It was, a, it was a rod, and they walked with it, and they had a hook on it. Sometimes they would pull them back. Sometimes they'd use it at the other end, and they would push them. Uh, it was used to gather them up sometimes. It was used that he was climbing stuff. He would use it. And so it was something that all shepherds had, and he's got his staff in his hand. And God says to him, what's in your hand? And he went, it's a staff. He said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent. I love this. And Moses fled from it. Can you picture an 80-year-old man running away from that thing? Because he said, throw it on the ground. He threw it on the ground. It's a snake. I mean, how many of you like snakes? I mean, most of us don't like snakes. And so he threw it down, and it became a snake right then. And you think about this. An ordinary stick. In the hand of God is mighty. This is the staff that Moses is going to do this with, and the water is going to move. Think about that. This is the same stick that he's going to hit a rock, and water is going to gush out. We might say, we're just regular people, aren't we? Aren't we just ordinary people? What can God do? With ordinary people in his hand. He can use us to do what? Extraordinary things. It's not the rod itself. It's God's power behind the rod. It's not us. It's God's power through us. So he threw it on the ground and it became a snake. And Moses fled from it. Now watch. The Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand and grasp it by the tail. So he stretched out his hand and caught it. And it became a staff in his hand. Now, notice that he did that, and it's, it's a snake, and God says, go get it. And he, he'd already run from it, so you can see him probably sneaking up on it. And as soon as he grabbed it, it became the stick again. He went, that's a pretty good, yeah, that's pretty sharp. Well, that's pretty neat. And watch what he says. The Lord said to Moses, verse 4, stretch out your hand and grasp it by its tail. So he stretched out his hand, caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. He said, that they may believe that the Lord, notice, all capitals, personal God, the God of their fathers, the God of, he's going to name them, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. He has been very specific. He says, first of all, I am the eternal God, Y-H-W-H, I am the Lord. Number two, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's the patriarchs. That's the famous ones. He says, you remind them that God has appeared. And I've got, I think, the next slide. The issue is not that they believe Moses, but they believe the Lord. That's really what it's going to be. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so the first sign is a snake. Take the staff, throw it on the ground, it becomes a snake, pick it up, it becomes a stick again. Here's the second sign. Put your hand in your bosom inside your clothes. Now, what he said to do, watch. The Lord furthermore said to him, Now place your hand in your bosom. So he put his hand into his bosom, and when he took it out... Behold, his hand was leprous. So he had like his thing, and he just went, he put his hand in, and he went, and it was leprosy. His hand was like leprosy. I'd be saying, can I put it back in? Yeah. I mean, what do you want me to do? I mean, it was just terrible. And so what he said, put your hand in your bosom again. So he put his hand in his bosom again, and he took it out of his bosom. Behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. So he could do this, leprosy. Okay. Think about that. If he goes to the elders of Egypt, 
I mean, of, of Israel in Egypt. And they say, what makes us think that God really appeared to you? And he said, snake, pick it up, stick. They probably, and then he said, why is this one? I mean, they're going to go, this has to be from God. I mean, you can't do that. You can't do that. This has to be from God. Now, there's one other thing, and there's a third sign. And here's the third sign. Watch. If they will not believe you or heed the witnesses of the first sign, they may believe the witness of the last sign. And if they will not believe these two signs or heed what you say, then you shall take some water from the Nile. This is after you're there, of course. And pour it on the ground, on the dry ground. And the water which you take from the Nile will come, become blood on the dry ground. He said, if you're there and you throw the stick down, it becomes a snake and you pick it up. And if you put your hand in and bring it back out, it's leprosy and put it back in. And if those two things don't convince them, you go to the Nile River, you dip down, pick it up, pour it out on the ground. And when that water hits that ground, it's going to become blood. It will become blood. God has given Moses three signs to perform before the leaders of the people so they'll believe that God has sent him. I, I think it's amazing when you, you see that God has appeared in a bush, told him to go back and lead his people out, and the natural assumption is the people say, I don't believe, why would we believe this guy? We, we don't even remember who he is. I mean, he said he was here 40 years ago. We can't, I mean, the legend is about this guy who grew up in Pharaoh's household, but we don't know anything about him. And so God says, just in case, I'm going to give you three miracles that you can do that the people will see. We say, well, God, I mean, who am I? He says, not about you. Yeah, but what authority? I'm your authority. Well, what if they don't believe me? He says, they're not to believe you, they're to believe what? The Word of God. See, it's not what you say. See, you don't say, well, let me tell you what's right. No, you say, let me show you what the Scripture says. See, you say that it's faith alone in Christ alone, because this is what the Scripture says. See, we're not trying to convince people of what we know. We're showing people what? The Word of that's what it's all about. God has given us His Word, which is alive and powerful and never void and always accomplishes His purpose. We don't have to try to make people believe the Bible. The Bible is the Word of God. Let me, I remember a long time ago, I used to talk, Matt Clark, if you, many of you know who he is, he was my pastor, the guy that led me to Christ and that. And I remember talking about the Bible and Matt would say, listen, listen, listen. You don't have to convince people of anything. The Bible is like, just let it out. It's like a line. Just let it out. Just tell the truth. The Word of God will do what it's supposed to do. And it's true. When you teach, you don't have to be clever. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to be sharp. You don't have to do all this stuff. You teach the Scripture. Scripture is what counts. Because you can be the most clever speaker and be funny and sharp and everything else. And if you don't teach the Bible, you gave them nothing. And the truth is, we're not here to entertain people. None of us are here to entertain. We're to teach the Word. And so he says, listen, the bottom line, it's, it's the Word. He says, I've given you these signs, of course. Now, Moses' three excuses. He said, I'm not able. God says, I'm the power. It's not about you. It's about me. Well, I have no authority. No, God says, I am the authority. Well, they won't believe me. God says, I'll give you signs. I'll give you signs. You think after that Moses is 0 for 3, 
you think maybe he'd say, well, okay. But he's got another one. Verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, Please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither recently nor in time past, nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Is that true? Because see, what he's saying is, I've never been eloquent. I'm not a good speaker. that true? Do you remember reading in the book of Acts when we talked about Moses at the beginning? That he was mighty in word and deed. Mighty in word. Moses was a great speaker. When Moses was being trained in the household of Pharaoh, he was a speaker, he was a warrior, he was everything. He says, I have never been eloquent. God could say, that's not true. You just don't remember it. There's some of you in this room would say, I don't think God's ever used me. I'd say, would you stop for just a minute? Won't you think back your life? God has used you a lot of times. We just act like we forget it all. We forget what he does through us. Moses says, I've never been a good speaker, not in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and slow of tongue. He's described in Egypt as mighty in word and deed. Moses thinking, maybe he's thinking, I've lost my ability to speak. I, I, I mean, uh, I, I won't say it right. I can't say it good enough. You ever said that, I don't know if I can share my faith because I just don't think I can say it good enough. You ever said that? You ever thought that? It's not about what? Not about you. There are always two extremes when we focus on ourselves and they're both incorrect. Number one, we think I am something (laughs) and we think I am nothing. Now, I have to be honest, most people think they are nothing. But there's, you'll run across a few people that say, I wonder how God made it before I came along, right? right? I mean, you've seen that. So sometimes, when you, whenever you focus on yourself, you may begin to say, you know, I'm better than this, and better than this, and better than this, better than this. I'm, you know, I'm glad God, you know, it's sort of like that Pharisee, you remember in the passage, where the Pharisee goes down to pray, and he looks over at that guy, and he says, oh, Lord, thank you, I'm not like that guy. I'm not as bad as that guy, I did it. But he, he wasn't even a believer. So... One view is, I, I'm, I am something. Other is, I'm nothing. And both are wrong. They're both wrong. You're a child of God, empowered by the Holy God, based on the Word of God, that you can make an impact for Christ, not because you're something, but because God is something through you. That's really the key. It's God's power. Moses says, I can't speak. So often we say, I can't speak, I can't share my faith, I'm not able to teach you, I couldn't do a Sunday school class, I couldn't do a Bible study, I couldn't talk to this person one-on-one, I don't know how to go door-to-door and talk to people, I don't know how to just share my faith with somebody, you know, sitting in an airplane, I don't know how to build a relationship with my neighbor and talk. Yes, you can. You know what you believe. Just tell them the truth in love. Look at God's answer. Who made your mouth? Who made man's mouth? Look at verse 11. Moses, back at verse, verse 10, Moses says, I've never been eloquent and I don't know how to do it and I'm slow of speech. And the Lord said to him, verse 11, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes him mute or deaf or seen or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? God says, look, I'm the one that has all this. I'm the one that decides. If you say you can't talk, I'm the one that made your mouth. I'm the creator. I gave you the ability and the talents. Every one of us in this room, every one of us who know Christ, you have at least one spiritual gift. You have talents that God has given you. You have abilities that God has given you. Every one of us. 
God says, look who made you. I made you. God says, if I want you to talk, guess what? You can talk. Notice, he says, the Lord, capital L-O-R-D again, the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the, notice, the Lord? All the way through this passage, who's talking to Moses? The eternal God. Wow, this is so powerful. He's not just using the name God, Elohim. He's using the name YHWH. It just shows you how powerful it is. Look what he says to him. Now then go. Even I will be with your mouth and teach you what you are to say. I love this. I'll go with you. I'll be your mouth. I'll teach you. Listen, you don't have to worry. Remember, it's not about what? It's not about you. It's not about us. I can't talk very good. It doesn't matter. I'm your mouth. I'll teach you what to say. Don't worry about it. He is the power. He directs us. We have his word. So what has Moses done so far? He said, well, I'm not able. No, I'll be with you. Well, I don't have any authority. No, I am sent you. Well, they may not believe me. I'll give you the signs. Well, I'm not able to talk. I'll be your mouth. So what does Moses say? One more thing. Verse 13. Look what he says. Send the message by whomever you please. Now, you know what that's really saying? Uh, Send somebody else. Notice verse 13. But he said, please, Lord, now send the message by whomever you please. What he's saying is, send it by somebody else, not me. Not me. Don't send it by me. Surely there is somebody else. That's what he's really saying. Send it by whoever you please. Surely there's somebody else. God has chosen Moses. He's chosen every one of us in this room for service. Now, be faithful or not faithful. What has he said? You're my ambassadors. You're my witnesses. He said, I want you to walk worthy of your calling. I want you to share your faith. I want you to make disciples. I want you to do this. He's picked every one of us to do that. We're not talking about salvation. We're talking about service. This is not Moses' salvation. God's not saving Moses. Moses is already saved. This is Moses' service. God's picked him. Just like God picked Pharaoh. Not for salvation, but for service. Watch God's reaction. The anger of the Lord burned. Look at verse 14. Then the anger of the Lord burned against Moses. And he said, Is there not your brother Aaron the Levite? I know that he speaks fluently. And moreover, behold, he's coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Do you know what the Hebrew for the anger of the Lord burned? It literally says he had a hot nose. That's what it says. It's the idea of that he's angry. Like people get, and you know, your face gets red. And God's using human terms to describe himself. And he's saying, I'm really getting mad about this. (laughs) Now listen, uh, can you be angry and not sin? Of course. People say, God got angry. Of course he did. That's not sin. Anger is not necessarily sin. You can sin. You can be angry and sin, and you can be angry and not sin. What is he doing? Moses is disobedient. He knows what God wants him to do. God has answered everything. He says, who am I? He says, not about you. I don't have the authority. I'm sending you. Well, they won't believe me. I'll give you the signs. Well, I can't talk very good. I'm going to talk through you. Well, just send somebody else. 
God says, no, I'm not sending to somebody else. I think God says, I am using you. And everyone in this room, you know what God is saying to you? I'm using you. Wake up. Wake up. Look at your gifts, talents, and abilities and start doing something. That's what he's saying to you. Because we're all saying, I can't talk good enough. I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. I don't know where the Bible says this. He said, well, then you study it. And you know it. And you tell people. And you grow. And you use your gifts. And you touch other lives. He says, isn't Aaron coming? Isn't Aaron coming, your brother? You know he speaks fluently. He's coming. He's going to be glad to see you. Now watch verse 15. You are to speak to him. And I will put words in his mouth. And I, even I, will be with your mouth and his mouth. And I will teach you what you are to do. Notice again. I'll be the one speaking through you. There is no excuse, right? There can be no excuses. I'll be his mouth, I'll be your mouth, I'll be both your mouths. I made the mouths. I know everything about mouths. Right? Listen to verse 16. Moreover, he shall speak for you to the people. And he will be a mouth, as a mouth for you, and you'll be as a God to him. What in the world does that mean? He says, you're going to be, he's going to be the one talking, but you're going to be the one telling him what to say. So even if you were to say, I can't talk God, he says, that's okay, I'll get somebody else to talk, you just have to tell him. Because that's what, that's what he's telling Moses. I don't think I can talk. He said, who made your mouth? He said, well, send somebody else. He said, okay, let me tell you what I'm going to do. You're going to be the one going. I'm just going to let Aaron do the talking. We're going to find that when we get there, that verse 30 of Exodus 4 says, And Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoken to Moses. Aaron did the talking. Why? Because God said, you're going, he's going to be your mouth, and you're going to be God to him, meaning you're going to tell him what I tell you to tell him. Wow. When you go out these doors and you want to share your faith, where do you get the information to share your faith from? Word of God. See, God's just going to use you in that same way. Final instructions, verse 17. You shall take in your hand... This staff with which you shall perform the signs. But don't forget the stick, right? Don't forget the stick. It's time to go. God's going to use Moses. Don't forget the stick. And you think, what is the purpose of the stick? Let me ask you something. Other than throwing the stick down and letting it become a snake and picking it back up, what all does Moses know that stick's going to do? Nothing. It's just a stick. God says, that stick is a picture of the fact that I'm your power. It's just a stick. You're just a person. I'm going to use you. It's me through you. Because remember, it's not about you. It's so powerful. So what have we seen? God calls Moses. Moses raises excuses. God answers every one of them. And he says, okay, you and Aaron, I'm going to, I'm going to use you both to go lead out the nation. So let me give you some applications, and we'll open it up for any questions. First of all, let's be faithful to serve God. Let's do it. God's plan is that we serve Him. Moreover, brethren, is required of stewards to be what? Found faithful. That's the bottom line. Found trustworthy, found faithful. As we think about this, think about, number one, He enables us to serve Him. I think that I, we just got to get to the point that we realize it's really not about us. It's not about us. 
Because he's the one that enables us. He gives the gifts, the talents, the abilities, and the power. And, and so when we, when we, as we think about why we can't serve him, here's what we remember. I'm not able. No, he's the power. Well, I don't have the authority. No, he's the authority. Well, they won't listen to me. No, you got the word of God. That's what's alive and powerful. Well, I can't really talk. He'll speak through us. Well, send somebody else. No. I created you. I've gifted you. I'm not wasting you. So whenever we start saying, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know what to say, you got the word. Well, I'm not a very good speaker. It's God's power through you. Well, but I'm not really able. Well, he's the one. But I don't really have any authority. That's right. This is the authority. Well, maybe, maybe God could use somebody better. His plan is to use you. Those are great truths. B, keep the focus on God and not ourselves. The focus, if what happens if you put your focus on yourself? It, you're going to always either be, up, oh, I'm good, mm, I'm bad. It, it's not about us. That's the problem. And I think that so often we say things like, I don't think God could use me. And that's, it's not about you. Well, I don't really know what to say. It, it's not about you. He should send somebody else. He wants to use you. So keep the focus on God because you can do all things through the one who strengthens you. The third thing, let's see, is look for the opportunities to serve. I mean, think about it. Look for the opportunities based on your gifts and talents and abilities. Listen, in a normal church, 20% of the people do 80, 80% of the ministry. I mean, when you look at it, 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 it it's this called the Pareto rule. It's there in almost everything. But... In a normal church, about 20 to 25 percent of the people do all of the ministry. And about 70 to 75 percent of the people don't do anything. What would happen if everyone connected in a body used their gifts, talents, and abilities? It'd be un- the thing would explode. It would explode. So, what about you? What about me? Why don't we get going and say, okay, what are my gifts, talents, abilities? Is God through me? It's not me. It's not about me. So what does he want me to do? I'll just, I'll use the gifts, talents, abilities. I'll find out what he wants me to do. I'll just, I'll be found faithful. I'll, I'll see where there's needs in the ministry and the nursery and Awana and, and Wednesday nights and, and the youth group and everything. There's all, there's every need you can think of. And some people are working themselves to death. And some people have never done a thing. So let's see if we can do it. I know you can do it. May we be faithful to use our gifts and talents to serve within the body, knowing that it's God's power through us as we touch lives for Christ. And the famous last words are, it's not about us, it's about Him. Let's pray. We've got questions, comments. We'll, we'll do it. Heavenly Father, what a great, great night. Thank you, Lord, as we think about the book of Exodus. And we just see Moses raising all these excuses, and you just answer every one of them. And, Lord, we do the same thing. We, we raise all these excuses that we can't talk, or we don't know enough, or we're not ready, and we don't have the power, and we don't know nobody will listen to us, and maybe you ought to send somebody else. And yet, Lord, you know that we know that you're the power, and you're the authority, and the Word of God's alive, and you can speak through us, and your plan is to use us. So, Lord, may we just be faithful. May we realize the gifts, talents, and abilities that we we have it's not about us it's about you and that you would use us for your glory lord may we look for the opportunities in this local body where there are all kind of needs and ministries i pray that all of us will plug in and use the gifts talents and abilities that you've given us thank you lord 
for raising us up for such a time as this. Use us for your glory. We ask this in Jesus' name.